So, yes, my name is Stuart Sadler, and it is always great to be with you, um, and it is my honour to be uh, your curate here. Um, but as well as being your curate here, I'm also um, a vice president of a software company in Richmond, uh, which is also my pleasure and my enjoyment and part of my ministry too. So tonight we continue on our series, Follow Jesus, So What? And this evening we're going to look at the subject of work. Now work is a huge subject in itself and obviously I've been petitioning a whole series, a sermon series for weeks on um, work as I'm sure we could. Um, But tonight we're just going to get an opportunity to encourage each other and I hope some of the words and thoughts I have encourage you to think differently about work and wider and deeper about work. So I know also that many of you may not be at work right now either because you're planning on working when you finish education, um, for those who are students here, I'm not sure there are that many, <laughs> now, now people have gone, um, or you may be retired, or you may be, uh, maybe your health uh, may not be conducive to work right now, or you might be between jobs, and that might be a very difficult time for you um, in those situations, or you may have done it voluntarily, which is um, just enjoy your, your garden leave then. However, So many of us will be involved in work at some point in our lives that it's good for us to spend an evening looking at the issues, the issues a follower of Jesus may well want to consider in relationship to work. Also, if you're not working right now, much of what I'm also talking about can be applied to your school or to your organization. You know, if you're volunteering for an organization, much of this, just apply it, just translate it as I speak but unapologetically, I'm going to talk about work. Okay, so it's my pleasure to talk to you today about this, as hopefully it's starting to come over already. And although I'm the only uh, one on the staff team who's in full-time employment, pause, outside the church, (laughs) I'm led to believe they do work quite hard, so... (laughs) There is indeed a lot of experience of, and here's another embarrassing word, the real world um, within the staff team. For example, Patrick was an oil trader. Yep. And uh, we heard last week that Richard um, used to be in IT. And so the staff team, and I know this, is passionate about what it means to be a Christian in the workplace. To give you an idea of my career, here is my LinkedIn profile. Um, So... uh, does everybody know what LinkedIn is? It's sort of the, the Facebook for careers. Um, so who's on LinkedIn? Okay, well over half the congregation. So, um, yep, down on the right-hand side, um, I've been in um, five different companies since graduating from Oxford Polytechnic, uh, which is now called Oxford Brooks, um, in 1987. And over 31 years uh, through work, I've had a huge amount of fun intellectual challenge, success, also sadness. I've traveled several times around the world, made lifelong friends, and at the same time, along with Claire's salary, have been able to have a comfortable life here in Claygate, providing for our family. Now, we spend so much of our time at work, and a good exercise, actually, is to tally up just how many hours of the week you are at work. Um, And I knocked this up. um, This next slide, please. 
for me, this, this is actually, uh, I'm being a bit conservative about the work hours here. Uh, I didn't, felt a bit, a bit pious putting too many hours in. So imagine for my work hours that I go to work at nine and come back at six. I work in Richmond, so travel will take an hour each way, probably, with the buses. Um, what I spent um, asleep, about eight hours a day. And if you look at that, down on the right-hand side, the hours awake, okay, the hours awake, I spend 40% of my time, awake time, at work. Okay? And I'm sure that's not atypical. Does that seem very familiar? Jeremy, your uh, nine hours will be 11 hours, I know. But, um, you know, and we all have weeks where it's 50% or 60% of our time is at work. Compare that with the time I'm awake at home, 25 hours. So we spend more time with our work colleagues than we do with our partners or with our families. So if we spend so many years of our lives and so much of our awake time at work during those years, surely then the Bible and God must have a lot to say about work. So with that in mind, can I just ask you to raise your hand if you've ever heard a sermon about work? Okay, it's about half again. Have you heard one this year? Nobody. One, maybe half of one. Why do we spend, so that's the, you know, why do we spend so little time talking about something which is 40% of our occupation, 40% of our time is taken up doing it? I really think we should talk more about this subject. So why does work matter? Do you remember that Jesus said, I came that you might have life in its fullest? John 10.10. So if we spend 40% of many years at work, then work certainly is a key part of life. How would, you, how would you like me to change that word slightly by saying, Jesus saying, I come that you might have work life in its fullest. Is that challenging? Is your work life in its fullest? How many of you feel this? That work is part of your life? That firstly, we experience life in its fullest. And secondly, Do you think that Jesus wants us to experience life in its fullest at the workplace? Or is this something you've never thought of? That work really is not a part of your faith consideration. You trundle off, you trundle back. So here's the question for you. Are you experiencing life to its fullest at work here? At your workplace? I won't ask you to raise your hand to that key question. And I'm not asking you if you enjoy work. Just like the rest of, work, the rest of life, there are ups and downs to work. And work can be great. And work can actually be pretty rubbish sometimes. I'm asking you, is work deep and meaningful? And are you aware of God's presence at work with you? In that email, in that meeting, in that argument in that disagreement, in that brilliant workshop? Are you conscious of God's presence? Okay, so does work matter? Let's just look at what the Bible says about work. Right at the beginning of the Bible, God creates the earth and the creatures in it and created humans with a delegated authority of care and maintenance and a specific brief to cultivate the Garden of Eden. 
to work it and take care of it. Genesis 2.15. So work is right there at the beginning. Adam and Eve experienced fulfillment as human beings as they served God in their work. Remember, too, that this is uh, before the fall, before Adam and Eve turned their backs on God and everything changed. Work existed before God's plan was corrupted. So work is part of God's plan for us. It might sometimes seem otherwise, but God imparted to us the ability to be creative and to serve and to gain enormous pleasure from work. Think back to a time when work was brilliant. Think back to a day which was just so good. Can't work give you that satisfaction? However, just one chapter later in Genesis 3, when everything changed because humankind wanted to be like God, the whole of creation was polluted by our sin. So just like the rest of life, work too became a mix of blessing and brokenness. So work now exists in a tension between fulfillment and futility. Anyone who has worked for even a little time has seen signs of God's activity at work in which we can flourish at work and feel good about our and other people's achievements. But also, if you've been there a little while, you've also probably seen signs of the futility of work, where there's a lack of direction, where it's an uphill struggle to get anything done. Maybe there's an air of fear about the future. So there's this tension between fulfillment and futility. How does knowing this affect how we as Christians think and behave at work? Well, in our passage today, we see a very different approach to the future. Verse 10, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the, with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Is that a company manifesto? <laughs> Imagine that as a company manifesto on the board wall. Peter is saying that God's gifts, he gifts us with all sorts of different skills and that we should use them so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. Elsewhere, Paul describes the Christian community as a body. All people, the members of the body, fulfilling different roles in that community. And it's the same within the workplace. We support each other in different ways, bringing different things to our organizations. With these two sides of work in mind, being either a place of fulfillment or a place of futility, this contention, this tension continues. But Christians know that there will be a time when work, like the rest of creation, will be put right. In the book of Revelations, we see this in chapter 21. And I don't apologize for reading this very famous verse. Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. 
There will be no more death, no more mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things have passed. The brokenness has been mended. So much of following Jesus is about living life knowing that we are saved and that we live life knowing that we are his citizens, knowing that there will be a time when all things will be put right, including work, seeking to bring kingdom values to wherever we are placed, accentuating the elements of fulfillment and diminishing the power of futility, working towards the kingdom. Returning to the first words we heard from Jesus tonight, I come that you may have life in its fullest. If as Christians we want to be Christ-like, as we are commanded to be, then in work, as well as wanting life to be experienced in our fullness for ourselves, we should want this for others. So we should look to how can we build people up and help them to fulfill their potential. This is important for both managers and colleagues supporting those we work with and clients and suppliers. So in this mixed economy of work fulfillment and work futility, God ordained Paul to write an amazing piece of advice to the Colossian church. Paul wrote, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for human masters. What a high level of aspiration. Imagine Jesus is your boss. He sees everything. He knows you intimately. He knows your strengths and your weaknesses. Working as if he is your boss. This gives you just a taste of how we are to work. But what other differences does it make to be a Christian in the workplace? Thinking again at the moment of uh, at the amount of work and the amount of time we are at work. In my example earlier, we spend longer with those who we work with than those at home. The London Institute of Contemporary Christianity, LICC for short, has this model that is useful. Over on the um, left-hand side, we can see um, those that are out in the workplace every day. So we are splattered around. You all go to different addresses. There's different postcodes. Over on the right-hand side, we have what's called a gathered community. That's what we are now. We're a holy huddle. Okay? So, and um, staff, warning, staff team, criticism again, potentially considered, but we will we'll tell you it's not a criticism. That over on the right-hand side, the full-time staff team here who don't go out to places on Monday to Friday haven't got long-term relationships with non-Christians that they work alongside, they really, if you click the next button, they only get to touch the people around them, very close to them, maybe in Claygate, maybe here, maybe in and out. We, as red dots out in the world, get to sit with so many more people, get to touch so many more people, get to witness to God's love in a very different way. So just mathematically, I love, you know, I love diagrams. Mathematically, on the left-hand side, 10 people can touch 36 lives. Over on the right-hand side, 10 people can touch 12 lives. Now, obviously, these need to come together. We need to bring people in for those that have been given the gift of evangelism to be able to, uh, to express the gospel. Where have I got to? <clears throat> 
So what is amazing, when you think about it, is that those people on the left-hand side, as you saw, those work colleagues, you may be the only Christians that they ever come in contact with. More and more, people in our society are spending time with like-minded people. So during the day, they will be with people at work. In the evening, they'll be with young people. Maybe, you know, people don't mix with different types of people. So quite possibly, you, you know, there's the biggest mix maybe at work of different faiths, of no faith. So no pressure, but you might be the only Christians that people come in contact with at the workplace. That may seem quite daunting to you, but really it shouldn't be. If you love what Jesus has done in your life, why don't we just very simply and naturally want others around us to also know the difference that he makes? And the other great thing about work relationships is work relationships are long. Work relationships can last months or years if you're in the same place and other people are in the same place. And also, we are, you know, there is, there's a lot of transparency at work. People see you when you're happy, when you're distressed, when you're stressed, when you're angry, when you're under pressure as, as a Christian worker. And if we wear our faith on our sleeve and we do it diligently and honestly, and when we get it wrong, we come and apologize and we live life differently and we live life as someone who follows Jesus, that can be such an impactful witness because this isn't just an in and an out this is a long-term witness for months or years which can make all the difference i've had a great some great opportunities to share with colleagues often and it's often because of this long-term trusted relationships one of the ways that really impacts me is the way that we should have just touched on it we should apologize in the workplace the workplace can be very stressful and sometimes, just sometimes, we do get a bit short with people. Knowing that we should work as if Jesus is our boss, I'm sure Jesus would say, Stuart, you need to go and apologize to him. You spoke out of turn. And that's, that's harsh. That's hard. But we should. Even if we think we could get away with it, we can't get away with it. Jesus is our boss. He, he looks at us and he sees everything. Stuart, go and apologize. Loving God with all our heart and loving our neighbor, even in the next cubicle, is what we're asked to do. The other group of colleagues that we should be very conscious of is those in our workplace who are also Christians trying to struggle with what it means to be a Christian. I have in the last three places uh, had the opportunity to belong, three places I've worked here for, um, had the opportunity to belong to prayer groups in those places where very simply and naturally some of the Christians in the workplace wanted to meet and help each other to be able to make sure that they don't want to compartmentalize their life. What do I mean by this? Well, back to those words of Jesus. I came that you might have life in its fullest. So if our life is to be in the fullest, I don't think there's any part of life that God is not interested in. As an illustration, let's see if this works. Think of two fruits. Take an orange. An orange has eight segments, ten segments, whatever. Are we an orange? Is one of our segments a church segment? 
Is it one a work segment? Is one a home segment? And are they all a little bit different? Are we a bit different in each of those segments? Or do we want to be a peach where we are the same throughout, where we are honest and the same with God, whether we are at church or home or in the pub or at work or on the street or on our own with the internet? Do we want to be a peach? I personally find that really challenging. I think we all have a tendency to be a little bit chameleon when we're in different situations. So when we're meeting as Christians in the workplace, that's our desire, that we bring our faith to the workplace and that we share what we struggle with at work, we share learnings for work, and um, I found that amazingly helpful in the workplace to have a church in the workplace. And then when you move jobs, it's church planting because you go to another company and then you can start another prayer group. So mini church in workplace is a fantastic thing. So being a Christian is not a leisure, a leisure activity at the weekend. It's not just one segment of the orange. It should be the whole fruit. It should be 24-7. So when I started work, I wanted, this is um, at Air Products in Hersham. I started there. And uh, when I started, I wanted to move from one team to another. So I went to see Tony, who ran this other team. He was doing much more interesting work. And I asked him, how can I work for you? And he said, Stuart, I'll stop you there. If you join this team, you won't be working for me. I will be working for you. Enabling and facilitating you to reach your potential. That blew me away. You know, as a 22-year-old hearing this, where I was going, oh, can I work for you? This sounds really interesting work. So, next slide. Many of us think of companies' hierarchies as the left-hand side, where there's a boss at the top, and we all work for him or her as we go up the boss hierarchy. Okay? Tony was saying, really, he thinks of it as the other side. He thinks about people on the front line, and everybody else is supporting those people in their job, what they're doing. Think of this in retail. Somebody is serving somebody in the shop. The whole of the organization is about getting the right product to the shop attendant to give to the customer at the right time. They're all helping that person on the front line. And I think this is actually how church should work as well. Bishops should support vicars. Vicars should support us believers. And then we are on the front line. Okay? Got it? Brilliant. I'll let Joe know. <laughs> I think she's very supportive of this, actually. And so this is our desire here at Holy Trinity. We want to support you in the sheer joy and privilege of being a missionary on the front line in your workplace or wherever you spend Monday to Friday. I think the workplace is such an important missionary field, witnessing to God's amazing love in a way that is so natural and caring and countercultural. We just have to be ourselves and let God come through. God longs for all your work colleagues to know him. So join me tomorrow morning, going consciously into the workplace, offering to God to use you and me to show his love in that place to those work colleagues. 
speaking words as one speaking the very words of God because he's right there with you. Amen.